You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Good morning, South Bay Church, and good morning to all who are joining us on our live stream this morning. My name is Dave Atkins, and I have the uh, honor and privilege to be able to bring you the lesson today. Uh, hope everybody's doing well. Hope you're staying safe. Hope you're experiencing and, and practicing good social distancing. And uh, I'm recording this from uh, my home in Redondo Beach, so it's a little strange. Uh, I usually am more familiar with preaching to an audience. So today my audience is one, my wife. <laughs> so uh, I may have her throw in an amen every now and then just to help me feel more comfortable. Uh, but it's great to be here this morning and appreciate everybody joining us. We're going to start a lesson series uh, in the next few weeks based on the book of First Peter. And uh, so I have the opportunity and the privilege to uh, bring some thoughts from the first chapter of Peter today. You know, I think this book really has a lot to offer us in this challenging time of the coronavirus. You know, we're in a time of the unknown. Uh, we don't know what the future holds. But you know what? God does. God's in control. We need to keep that in mind. One of the things God has done has left us his word to help us through these times of trouble. His word gives us direction for our life. It gives us direction with how to handle ourselves in times of trial. His word gives us examples of people who have gone through hardships and difficult times so we can learn from them. And I really believe that this book we're going to look at, First Peter, God has given us today to get us through this challenging time and to learn how to keep our faith strong, how to trust in God, and how to make it through this, price, this crisis with our faith intact. You know, the book of First Peter is a general letter. It was written to a number of different Christians in Asia Minor that were scattered around. Uh, it wasn't a specific letter to a person or to one church. It was written to a number of Christians. And these Christians at the time were going through a time of persecution. And they were starting to get discouraged because they were starting to suffer for their faith and were starting to have, uh, you know, challenges. And so Peter wrote this letter to them to be to spread around the different Christians to really help them not to get discouraged, but to encourage them not to give up and, and to remain true to the Lord. You know, now in today, you know, we're not really facing the persecution, at least here in America, that they were back in those days. But we are going through a challenging time. We are going through a definite trial. And so I think we can relate a lot to some of the emotions they may have been feeling going through persecution with some of the feelings that we've been having going through this difficult trial. You know, think about being a Christian back in the first century when Peter was writing. Think about having to go through a time of persecution and some of the things they may have felt. You know, they probably were worried about if their family was going to be arrested and killed by the Romans. They may have been worried about themselves, if they were going to be arrested. And if they were, were they going to be able to still remain faithful to God? If they were given the choice between disown Jesus or be killed, which would they pick? Uh, you know, they probably at times had to isolate themselves, maybe in their homes more, just to, to avoid, you know, coming in contact with the Romans or try to keep a low profile, so to speak. You know, they may have even had to modify their worship services. Maybe they were able to meet in public, but now because of the persecution, they've had to meet in smaller groups or in homes, maybe even in unknown spots or things like that, and, and had to learn how to handle uh, meeting, worshiping differently than they were used to. Can we relate to some similar feelings in, today, in today's day? I think so. 
Uh, and so the, one of the main themes of this book, of First Peter, is how to stay faithful in times of persecution and suffering. The word suffer or suffering is actually used 19 times in only five chapters in this book. You know, and Peter is encouraging the Christians here to not be surprised by suffering, to not be surprised by persecution and hardships, but calling them to still live holy and exemplary lives in Christ. Later in the book, you'll see that he points to the example of Jesus, showing about how Jesus suffered and how he gives us an example of how to live our lives and to make it through difficult times. So this morning, I'm going to share just from the first chapter of First Peter, just a few thoughts, a few passages, and some thoughts that I ha had that can help us hopefully uh, strengthen and get our faith through this time. The first point I want to make is the certainty of our reward in heaven. If you have your Bible, turn to First Peter chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 3. Before I read that, it says, you know, one of the main things I think we have in common with disciples back in those days was living with uncertainty. We live in uncertain times. We, we don't know what's going to happen. Just like they didn't know what form persecution was going to take for them, we don't know what form this virus is going to have on us. Are we going to be infected? Are our families going to be infected? Our loved ones? We don't know. Uh, you know, they didn't know how long they were going to have to endure this persecution. Was it going to be a short time or a long time? They didn't know. We're in the same way. We don't know how long we're going to have to shelter in place or these restrictions that we have, uh, how long they're going to happen. So they're very uncertain times. So we can relate to them with being challenged with uncertainty. And the truth is, we don't like things that are uncertain, do we? We don't like being uncertain. We, don't, we like knowing things. We like knowing what's going to happen. I know I, for one, sure do. I'm a routine-oriented person. I don't like you know, getting things out of my ordinary. So it, it bothers me, or it's challenging for me, when I think about how long is this going to go and not knowing. So what does Peter start off his letter with? Let's look in verse 3. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy... He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter starts off his letter with one thing that we can be certain of. We can be certain, he says, of our inheritance in heaven. He says in verse 4, into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. You know, he says because of our new birth, because of the mercy of God, because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have been born again. We have a new birth, and we now have a home as Christians in heaven. And he said that cannot be taken away from us. That can never perish, spoil, or fade. We don't know the impact of what this crisis is going to have on our lives. We don't know what's going to do to our economy. We don't know what's going to be to our jobs. We don't know what's going to happen to our 401ks. We don't know what's going to happen to our retirement plans. We don't, we don't know any of that. We don't know if the effects are going to be temporary or if they're going to be you know, long-lasting or how we're going to recover. We don't know any of that. But Peter starts off and he says, but we do know and we can be certain of that God has prepared a home for us in heaven. And we can be certain of that. 
And I think as Christians at this time, we need to rejoice in that. And we need to take hope in that. And we need to realize, you know, we can be certain that God is going to keep his promise and we're going to have our home in heaven. Amen? Second thing I want to look at is, he talks a little bit about here the purpose of all these trials. He says in verse 5, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. But these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. He talks about our faith. And the point I want to really focus on here is how important our faith is. You know, he describes it as of greater worth than gold. The most important thing we have in our life, brothers and sisters, is our faith. It's more important than our money. It's more important than our family. It's more important than our jobs. It's even more important than our life. Nothing is more important than our faith. And don't be deceived. In this time of trial, our faith can be attacked. Our faith is being attacked. Our faith can be damaged. Satan is trying to make us doubt God. He's trying to put doubts in our mind and try to doubt the sovereignty of God or why is all this happening? And so we've got to be aware of that and we've got to realize I have got to do whatever I can to keep my faith strong. And how do we keep our faith strong? Well, Peter says that's what we go through trials for. He says, he says we, uh, we suffer grief in all these trials so that your faith may be proved genuine. You know, God is in control. God is allowing these things to happen because God wants our faith to be stronger than ever. And the way that our, strength, our faith is strengthened is by persevering through these different trials. You know, I personally have a very personal connection with this, with this passage. Uh, as many of you know, my first wife, Suzanne, uh, died of cancer in 1993. She had been having a lot of really bad back pain for a couple of weeks. We didn't know what it was. So we went into the hospital and then we went in the hospital and she was diagnosed with cancer. One month to the day that she went in the hospital, she passed away, a very aggressive cancer. So there I was, I was left with two young boys, Ryan, who was two years old and Sean, who was nine months old both of them in still diapers. And so I was a young single father, you know, at that time. So that was really, I think would qualify as a trial. It was a, it was a challenge. But what I remember is it wasn't easy, but with the help of God and with the church in San Diego, where I was at the time, uh, you know, I made it through that time. I never stopped going to church. I went to all the meetings of the body. I never blamed God. I never, struggled in my faith, really. I continued to live as a disciple. I continued to do the best I could to raise my two boys with the help of a lot of people, a lot, many others. And I remember, you know, several months after Suzanne had passed away and, you know, and, and how I was thinking about, you know, scriptures and different things that I remember this particular, this specific passage really helping me. I remember reading about how my faith had been tested and had now proved genuine. And it was a source of great comfort and joy to me. I thought, I have been tested through this, and I came through it still faithful. And, and matter of fact, my faith had never been stronger. 
My love for God had never been deeper because of how God had worked and what and how I had seen him take care of me. And so it was exciting to realize, you know, I have a genuine faith. It's been tested. It's been true. And that really brought a lot of encouragement and, and comfort to me. So why do I share this? Because, brothers and sisters, these trials are going to make our faith genuine. It's going to, we're going to be tested. We're being tested. And we're going to come through this with our faith stronger than ever. We're going to be more in love with God, more faithful to him. We're not going to, so don't be discouraged. God's in control and he, and for my own life, I can share how trials have helped deepen my faith in tremendous ways. Third thing I want to point out is uh, in verse 13. Peter says in verse 13, therefore prepare your minds for actions. Be self-controlled, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. He starts off in verse 13. He says, therefore, prepare your mind for actions. And then the very next thing he says is be self-controlled. Now, we know that the front lines of this virus, the, the people that are fighting the front lines, so to speak, are our healthcare professionals, are the doctors, are the nurses, are those that are have direct contact with the patients. They're fighting it firsthand. The, the scientists that are trying to, you know, understand how the virus works and all those different things, that's the front line. But the battlefield for us as disciples is our minds. That's where our battle is going to be fought, is in our thinking, is in our minds. We have to learn to control our thoughts. How many of you have had crazy thoughts in the last few weeks? I know I have. You know, when will this end? Here's an example of some. You know, is this the end of the world as we know it? You know, am I going to have a job after this? Or what's my job going to look like? You know, is the economy, is the economy going to collapse? What even does that mean? What's it going to look like? You know, am I going to have enough toilet paper? Am I going to ever be able to hug anybody again? Um, you know, even those of us that may not be big huggers, we're going to come out of this hugging everybody that moves because we can't be able to do it right now. Am I going to have fresh meat? You know, and the list can go on and on and on about all these things we can think about. And the thing is, is that since most of us are not working and now we're at home more often, it just gives us more opportunity to think crazy things if we're not careful, doesn't it? And not only that, we're home more we have more free time on our hands, so we can read a lot of things on the internet, which may or may not be a good thing. That can start us off on crazy things as well, reading all this stuff on the internet. We can hear different rumors. We can say, well, I read this, and they said this, and, and I heard about this, and, and did you hear about that, and so-and-so said this, and, and we can think all these different crazy things. You know, one of the things I appreciate is Steve is, is trying to vet through a lot of these different things on the internet. He's been sending out you know, things that can really help us, things that he's already looked at and said, this is this is a benefit of value. And so I really appreciate Steve doing that. You know, he and Jackie have been sending out Marichi moments with different links for things that can help us. But we need to take control of our thoughts in this time. We need to not let our mind go to places that it shouldn't. You know, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Don't let your mind get carried away. Try not to read every single thing on the internet. Some stuff is good, but 
but try not to read every single thing because a lot of stuff out there is, is not valuable or is going to cause us to worry and stress and we don't need to. Stay in touch with each other. Reach out to one another. Talk to one another. If you're feeling and thinking crazy things, don't be afraid to talk to someone and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? I, I read this and what do you think? And, and don't be afraid to run that by and, and let people and be open to people telling you, hey, that's crazy, okay? <laughs> that's whack. Don't, don't, don't think about that. That's not right. We need to think about Jesus. We need to think about the scriptures. We need to think about things that we can control. There's a lot of things out there that we can't control. Don't think about those. Think about what you do have control over. Focus on things like serving others, praying for others, filling your mind with gratefulness for what God has done in your life. Uh, think about how God is going to use these things that we're going through to help more and more people become Christians. You know, this time is a challenge for everybody, and more and more people, I believe, are going to want to know more of God and, and are going to realize they don't really have the foundation that we as disciples have. So God can use this to really help us. Think about those things. You know, he says again in verse 13, be self-controlled, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Again, think about what we talked about at the beginning. Think about heaven. Think about the certainty of it and be hopeful for that. Fourth thing I want to bring out here is he talks about in verse 15 is the idea of being holy. He says, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. What does holy mean? Well, one of the meanings is set apart, different, you know, set apart for God. As Christians, we're called to be different. As disciples of Jesus, we should not be like the world around us. We should be like Jesus. We need to be an example to others around us. You know, has been mentioned before, this is a great time for disciples to really stand out as a light to the world. We can be an example to our friends and our neighbors and those that aren't part of the church to, for them to see our peace, to see how we're putting faith over fear, how we're praying instead of being panicked. We can be a great example for that. It's a time to model our trust in God and a great time to serve others because of following Jesus. So all those things are awesome, but I also want us to focus on, it's also a time for us to be holy in our personal lives. You know, we talked about keeping our mind under control, but I also think we need to make sure that our behavior is, in, is holy as well, especially with those that we're around a lot at home. And I'm thinking about, you know, we're spending a lot more time with our family, which is awesome, but or also it can be challenging because we're spending a lot more time with our family. <laughs> uh, we need to make sure that we're holy and righteous with each other in our home. Husbands and wives, are you being holy in how you talk to one another and how you treat one another when you're at your home? Roommates, if you're not married, if you, whoever you live with, how about you? Are you being holy in your behavior and treatment and, and speech with those that you live with, that you're spending more and more time with. Parents, how's it going? Having your kids at home full time. Uh, are you modeling holiness and Christ-like behavior to your kids? The, the truth is we're all under stress. 
All of us are feeling it in different ways, whether we exhibit it one way or the other. We're all in the same boat in terms of not knowing where this is going to happen. And so that stress can exhibit itself in unrighteous ways if we're not careful. So we got to make sure that whoever we're around, especially our family, that we're still being holy. We're still holding ourselves to a standard of being like Jesus, to a standard of being righteous. And I think Peter knew this when he wrote this letter. He knew that for those Christians back in the first century, they were under persecution. They were under stress. They were under not knowing what was going to happen to them. And I think he realized that that stress for them and same way for us can give us an excuse if we're not careful to live unholy lives or to do things that we wouldn't normally do because we're so stressed or whatever. And, and, provide, and that could provide an excuse for us. We can't let that happen. We need to hold ourselves to the standard of Jesus. You know, the commandments that talk about to bear with one another, to not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, to consider better, to consider others better than yourselves. You know, those commandments have not been suspended during this present crisis, have they? <laughs> those are still in effect. You know, there's some things that have been, you know, put aside for right now while we're going through this, but those commandments have not. Those commandments to treat one another with respect and love the way that Jesus is, those are still in effect. Just because we're under stress and persecuted or whatever, we're uncertain, those are still in effect and we have to do that. So let's be holy because God is calling us to be holy. So those are just a few thoughts I wanted to share from the, uh, the first chapter of 1 Peter. And there's so much more in this chapter in the whole book that I think is great for us to learn from. And, and will help us through this difficult time. And the next, like I say, in the next few Sundays, we'll be talking more about the other chapters of 1 Peter. But I wanted to just close out with some thoughts that you can think about uh, based on what I was talking about this morning, that you can think about in your own quiet times, your own thoughts, uh, or maybe even use them in your Bible talk this week. Uh, so here are some questions just for, for your own thought or for discussion. What makes me grateful and excited for the home I have awaiting me in heaven. Secondly, when or how do I see my faith as the most important thing I have on earth? Third, where has my mind been in the last few weeks? Do I need to reset my mind in any way? And fourth, how can I be more holy this week? So those are some questions just to think about uh, this week, and as I said, if you want to use them in your Bible talk discussion, it'll be great to talk about these things. And uh, at this time, I want to transition into uh, preparing us for the Lord's Supper. And, and to do that, I want to just read uh, verse 3 in, chap in the first, Peter, first chapter of 1 Peter. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The Lord's Supper is a time when we remember Jesus' sacrifice that has given us the opportunity to have a new birth, to have our sins forgiven, and to also have that home in heaven that we're looking forward to. All of that is possible because of Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection on the cross. And so this morning, as we take the Lord's Supper together, Think about these things I've been talking about. Think about your home in heaven. Think about the certainty of that. 
and be grateful that we have that certainty because of Jesus' death on the cross that we celebrate right now in the Lord's Supper. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for this chance to be able to worship together uh, via the internet and in technology. Uh, thank you so much for everybody being able to do this. And uh, right now, as we center our thoughts on the cross, we're so grateful that Jesus uh, died for us, that because of his sacrifice, our sins were forgiven, and we now have a home waiting for us in heaven. Father, I pray that through this challenging time that you will protect those who have been infected and you will watch over the first responders and those that, have, that are on the front lines, but you will also help us as Christians to control our minds and just be grateful and think about all that you've done for us. Help us, God, be grateful for Jesus' sacrifice. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.